0: Hey folks, welcome to episode 128 of the FLW Podcast. In Benton, Kentucky, I'm Jody White from Hopkins, Minnesota. I'm joined by the one and only Kyle Wood. Kyle, how's it going?
1: pretty good man hanging in there how you doing
0: i am uh, doing great i'm inside in the air conditioning uh, beating the heat a little bit it's been a little too hot uh for my taste i'd like it about like 25 degrees cooler uh, sure sure but it is what it is um we got a good show this week for you i think or well i hope it'll be a good show uh First off, we're going to have a Mark Rose interview. I already completed that. I enjoyed it. Mark was uh, informative, as always. Uh, So that should be a good little Wheeler prep there. Uh, Then Kyle and I will dig into the Thousand Islands. Uh, Kyle just got back from the Costa FLW Series showdown up there. We'll talk a little Forestwood Cup. We will uh, touch on some college fishing and BFL news. And uh, then we'll be out of here. It might actually be a light and quick show. Uh, although might. that's might, that's <laughs> unlikely because we'll probably get to talking about fishing and start rambling. Yeah. Um. Anyhow, without further ado, uh, here's Mark Rose, and then we'll be back to talk. And now we're joined by Mark Rose. Uh, Mark, you're you're coming off like a phenomenal year, but last year was kind of a rough year, and so I figure we'll talk about that. But I guess first of all, thanks for coming on. I'm glad you could make it.
2: Yeah, my pleasure, Jody. Always a uh, pleasure to talk to the bass fishing community. and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the cup and, and then some deer hunting.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, before we dive too deep into that, I want to sort of dig into your season. Uh, last year, you didn't make the cup. You finished 76th in AOI, and this year you made the cup you finished 10th which is back to where you normally are because usually in AOI you're, if you're not single digits you're close and uh you made a top 10 you really you caught them really well at the Costa FLW series level and just kind of all over the place was there anything different about this year from last year
2: not really Jody uh, um um I, I tell you and 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 you know uh last year the the kind of hiccup i had over at beaver lake which is which was fairly early uh in the season and uh i've talked about it a couple times and i'm just a fisherman that uh man if i uh if i do something wrong uh boy it really affects me because i i just try to bring out the good in this sport as best i can and and try to you know be that way and 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 having that little deal where uh had that mishap over there and, and got a DQ boy, it just really, uh, it really affected me. I, I, I knew that it was, an, you know, an honest mistake and all that, but still, anytime you have a DQ by your name, uh, I, I just, and I try to anytime cause I know it happens. I, if it, it happens to the best of us. And anytime somebody has something like that, I try to, you know, uh, just let them know that it is going to be all right. And I, and, and I should have got over it a lot better than I did last year. But to make a long story short, it just carried over, and and I just got in a little mental rut. And this off season, I had some time in the deer stand and reflecting through some quiet time, and um, it just uh, I, I just realized, man, I, I, I that was stupid of me to get in that kind of rut. But anyway, I did, and so I feel like that affected my year more than anything. And uh, this year, I just started off fresh, cleared my mind, and everything was good. And, just back fishing. That's that's not to say that hey, I can just uh, that it's always going to be that way because there's always you know fishermen are getting better. I'm getting older and um, <laughs> it just seems like uh, things some things just happen. But uh, I'm more comfortable now um, getting back to you know my my old mental attitude. And, um, I wish I'd have had a little better season this year. I had some opportunities that uh, I feel like could have things could have went a little better, but also I keep it in perspective and know that, uh, you know, uh, with the quality of fishermen we got and these young are just so good, now. everybody's good. They're electronic. You know, that's, I've had a lot of success and, uh, I took advantage of some, you know, some quick learning of that kind of stuff. And I was able to, to win when some people, uh, had not got as advanced in it and now everybody's good. So, it's all even out there, so i i keep it all in perspective and i'm real comfortable now all right do you you've
0: obviously you've won at a variety of levels with f l w and you've had a lot of you know really phenomenal seasons but you haven't won an a o i and you haven't won the cup and it seems like those are two accomplishments that are really they're really well within i would say the your your capacity. If you just look at mm-hmm. you know you, what your career has been, the kind of fisherman you are, uh is there one that you think would be sweeter to get if you could if you had to pick?
2: Uh not really. Uh I I wouldn't say that there's one that I would I would really enjoy winning both of them. But I tell you I've I've had some reflections on this and I've I've been asked about it before and I'm just uh sometimes jody that i just don't a fisherman has to you have to take your things to that next level to to kind of finish it off it seems like and sometimes that means putting yourself in some uncomfortable situations for me uh and i just uh i guess uh in in the in those situations i i kind of i'm not as aggressive so to speak and uh I think that has cost me a, a lot in the past, but I'm real. I'm real. You're right. It, they they do. They're really important to a career, and, and they're sometimes career changing. But uh, I, and I'm sincere when I say, and I'm honest when I say this. I don't need either one of them. I would love to have either one of them, and both of them. And I'm going to be working hard for them. Uh, to to the level that I can, uh, but you know I I tell you I've, I've all I've ever asked the good Lord for in this sport is to make a living and I'm I'm doing that I, and uh, I'm I'm real comfortable uh, if I if I never win one but having said that I'm going to be working as hard as I can in my capacity uh, to 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 win both of them before I retire okay. it may not happen but uh, you know. I'm okay with it if
0: it doesn't. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'll talk next year a little bit just before we kind of dive into Wheeler Lake. Um, Next year, we're not going to the Tennessee River on tour. We've got Lake Travis, the Harris Chain, Lake Cumberland, Beaver Lake, the Mississippi River, and then the Potomac River. And, you know, obviously you catch them pretty much all over the place, but... These last few years you've been known as the guy to watch out for, the guy who's going to be in the top 10 when it's All Kentucky right. Lake, Pickwick Lake stuff like that. Are you are you kind of are you looking forward to having a schedule that you maybe don't have to go out and idle as much or are you kind of wishing there was at least one lake where you were going to have a little bit of home field advantage?
2: You know, no. I, I'm I'm looking forward to, to fishing shallow. Um, I, I really am. Uh, Jody, I grew up on the Mississippi River. Bubba fishing, you know, I, when I blasted off in a tournament, I had a chartreuse and white spinnerbait on one side and a black and blue jig on the other, and I fished like that for a long time, and I'm real comfortable at fishing like that. I just wasn't able to win uh, that way, and I had to you know, take some strong looks at what I feel like I needed to do to win. Offshore fishing was was that for me, but uh, I'm real comfortable fishing shallow, and I welcome it. I've, you know, I've made lots of cuts in FLW events, uh, fishing shallow as well. And uh, and believe it or not, even some of my you know Kentucky Lake and uh, so some of my other tournaments that I have done really well, and one uh, shallow fishing was a big part of that. And some close wins, so I'm comfortable doing that, and I'm and I'm really looking forward to the fact that I'm gonna tell you, I'll just be honest with everybody that I, I enjoy fishing offshore fishing as much as any guy out there, and I know you do too. I've seen a lot of uh, stuff where you you really enjoy it, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. But I'm gonna tell you, I, I don't enjoy fishing offshore tournaments these days. Now, uh, it's just what it has become. Uh, is just, you know, kind of not fun in, in some situations. So, uh, I welcome the, the new fisheries. Uh, I think FOW picked an awful great schedule for next year. I've been to every uh, uh, location there and I uh, had a really good, strong finish at, at Travis the last time we were there, barely missing the cut. And uh, I've been to the Cumberland, uh, the one that the EverStart Championship, Brent Ayler won, and then we had one other tournament there. So, uh, I'm I'm comfortable. I've been to Harris Change several times. I like it, and uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it.
0: All righty. Well, let's go ahead and get into what's happening now, or, well, next week. We've got the Forestwood Cup coming up, and I want your perspective on, I guess, the offshore versus shallow breakdown, because I have heard a lot of chatter about, well, you know, The fish are getting smarter offshore. It's not the right... It's not the ideal time to be fishing offshore. And it's getting toward that time of year when it can be one-up shallow. At the same time, the way I look at it, and the thing that worries me is, well, it's the Tennessee River. And the last time we had a big tournament there, it was in the fall. Not even in August. In later fall. And you won it offshore. So, what's your... If you had to guess, or what's your kind of gut feeling on Wheeler coming up here?
2: Well, I'm just going to tell you, and I'm going to be as honest as I can, uh, and I'm not going to have any reservations just because I'm in the tournament. Uh, when I won back in the fall, those fish were, there was a lot of migration starting to come up in the creeks. The water the water was cooling off. The shad were moving into the creeks, and I won it out of a creek. Uh, and so... This uh, the, the water's going to be a lot hotter now, and the fish that are offshore are going to be more out on the river, and uh, and there's just not a lot of it at, at Wheeler, Jody. There's just really not. There's not nowhere near, you know, the offshore fishing there as, as on the other shining stars on the Tennessee River, which I don't think Wheeler is one in that cal- category for deep fishing. It's an awful good mid-range to shallow fisherman and uh, and I really think this fish this this tournament uh shallow shallow is gonna be a big part of it. the water's been up I haven't looked at it I've been busy since um, i was looking at it before uh, cutoff, cut off and and the water's been up so shallow i think is gonna play a huge part in this this forest wood cup yeah. and you're right uh the 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 fishing um the well it's just not enough of it on Wheeler uh, without getting so uh And and I really think that Wheeler has an awful lot of good shallow habitat. There'll be a lot of junk fishing. I don't think this. I do think that there'll somebody will find a couple of uh, schools out. There there may be a couple of decent schools out. I don't think that they're going to be those mega schools, those mother loads. Um, I just really think that there will be a few out, and there'll be. A few fishermen will catch them, but I don't think that uh, you're going to have enough to win uh, solely by fishing um, offshore in the forest. Now, this is just my gut feeling, too. I'm off the cuff, so uh, I think shell is going to be a a big part of it. Um, And that's my gut feeling.
0: All right. Well, it definitely, that jives with, it seems to me, what most of the other people are saying and what kind of conventional wisdom is that we're going to see it that it's almost likely that the guy who wins this catches their fish like at least two or three different ways as opposed to being able to yeah. sit on, you know, three or four schools or, you know, run a milk run of the same type spot, if that makes sense.
2: Yep. Yep, absolutely. I, th- I think that's going to be the case. I, I just don't think that, you know, w- when I won, I had uh, a couple of really good schools. And, and that's, I don't think that, uh, you know... I got down there and then nobody was, I was like boat one hundred and fifty the first day or something like that. Nobody was there. That, that never happens anymore when you get to a spot and, and fish are offshore and it's just not going to happen this time. I don't think now I'll be looking for that needle in a haystack and I hope that I proved myself wrong. But, uh, but I really think that I, I tell you, I don't have all of my eggs in the offshore basket. This, this go around, not my, that's not my thinking. And, uh, I think I'm going to have to utilize several different techniques and locations and even parts of the lake uh, to be able to win this cup. All
0: right. Um, did you go there and pre-practice at all and poke around, or did you pretty much? are you pretty much the kind of guy who likes to just show up and grind it out when it's time?
2: I went for one day. I, actually, it was three-quarters of a day. Uh, my dad and I got up and uh, – we can only practice with uh, family members and uh my dad doesn't bass fish at all but i wanted somebody to go along <laughs> with me and ride because it was a, uh so we got up five o'clock one morning rode over there got on the water about nine and we pulled off about dark and came back home and uh just uh, did a lot of looking and so um I, I didn't even carry a rod with me i didn't didn't even make a cast. I just rode the lake and, and looked at everything. and uh, So I, I did go look at it, and that's when I saw that water was up and uh, I just felt like the water looked good. I think it's going to be a, a good tournament. It's going to show a true champion because I don't think, like I said, that you'll just be able to – somebody will be able to get a waypoint and go out there and just win off of uh, off of a spot. you know, I think it's going to be a lot of hard work to find this 2016 Forestwood Cup champion.
0: Yeah, it usually is, that's for sure, especially these summertime tournaments. They don't make it—it's it's not easy fishing. It never is. But, I mean, you guys are the best in the world, and usually somebody ends up showing out. That's for sure.
2: Yep. Somebody will win this one. Somebody will win.
0: All right. I I guess I've got one more question here, because you brought it up kind of when you were talking about your dad, but how did you get into fishing then? Because most people— I would say their mom or their dad takes some fishing when they're young, and that's sort of how they get into it. But how about for you?
2: Yeah. Well, my my granddad was, grew up living off the land, trapping, hunting, fishing, commercial. It was, his was all commercial fishing. So I was in a boat or in the woods all my life. And then uh, my dad uh, got, you know, he was more of a crappie fisherman. And so I got out in a boat and fished a lot at, at a young age. And so I had the passion for fishing. And then I played. Um, I was going to go make my millions playing baseball, and uh, that was where all of my focus was, all through high school, college, everything. And then, summer between my freshman and junior year, tore all the lig- ligaments in both ankles, and then just uh, lost a lot of speed. and And so, I uh, reality set in after college. And so, the my and then I in high school, junior high and high school, a lot of my buddies were bass fishing. So uh, I tried it, and I I really liked it. I was competitive, and they all, you know, there was little tournaments between us and then got into the other stuff, BFLs and all that. But I was working so much, uh, providing for my family, that I wasn't able to perform at the level I felt like I could ever, you know. And I guess the the competitive side in me from baseball just collided with my my outdoor, you know, passion for, for hunting and fishing and professional bass fisherman was uh, was growing leaps and bounds and flw had already started up a few years when i started and uh, got involved and mississippi river flw tournament came along uh, i was wanting to go do it full time because i knew if i could ever quit working and, and do it full time then i could be successful at it because i was going to work my butt off to do so and that tournament came to mississippi river i finished third one twenty five thousand dollars quit my job as the Boy Scouts executive there in Crittenden County and uh, just pretty much never looked back. Had a lot to learn, you know, different species, different uh, regions of the world, different water clarities, different depths, different all that stuff, because what I grew up fishing was, like I said, bubble fishing. uh, So I I just, I guess I feel like after seven, six or seven years of it, it all started coming together and uh, made sense and through a lot of hard work and, and all that, it just started coming together where I was able to make a good living at it.
0: When you, uh, when it started to come together for you, is there any, I guess, is there any particular thing that you felt helped you learn how to fish better? Because to go from, you know, to go from one style of fishing, which is, you know, around the Mississippi, like that's a pretty, that's a pretty specific style, I feel like you're yeah. You're going to be well-suited to catch fish shallow, but it's not, I don't know, it seems like maybe growing up in, like, North Carolina or something like that, you might get mm-hmm. exposed to a lot more uh, different techniques
2: than what you did. But you're, yep, you're right, and and I think that that's why you didn't see my success come early in my career because, man, I had never even caught a smallmouth before. And, and, and you know, so I had so much to learn, and uh, I just... Just that's what I did. and But growing up on the Mississippi River did teach me a lot about parents. It taught me a lot about, um, you know, fishing uh, on cover and, and how they relate to cover. And, and believe it or not, I, I was getting good at catching them offshore on the Mississippi River on finding out where springs were on those flat sandbars and things like that, and little things that people – like maybe in the Carolinas or whatever, didn't, didn't. So I had a lot of things, uh, but current fishing current, I, I think is one thing that really helped me whenever I did get offshore. Uh, I, it made sense to me and I was able to put it together maybe a little quicker, uh, because growing up on the Mississippi, you know, I've always had to deal with moving water and how fish change. And that's another thing, you know, we, I would catch them one day, you know, where there would be, People riding four wheelers, you know, just a week before. So, uh, all that moving water and changing and water depths and things like that has helped me in fishing offshore, uh, tidal waters, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, it, it did help some.
0: Awesome. Well, Mark, thanks uh, so much for your time. I always enjoy talking to you, and you've definitely got a you've got a kind of a unique path into fishing, and you've always got good insight. Um, before I let you go is are there any places you'd like people to follow you whether it's uh on the internet or somewhere else?
2: yeah anybody can go to my my website uh, uh roseoutdoors dot com and uh they can uh, all of my handles so to speak are on there all all of my social media outlets are on there and uh you can uh but yeah it's facebook twitter um instagram my website uh, it's it, all that information is on there and I appreciate everybody that uh everybody that keeps up I, I I tell you it may sound like I got it figured out but I'm still learning fishing is always a work in progress and uh, I look forward to uh, continuing on till I retire
0: Awesome well uh Mark thanks for the time and man best of luck this next week because I tell you what if uh if if it was ever going to happen, it seems like this one could set up real well for you to maybe actually get that cup.
2: Yeah, well, I like it. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of good fishing out there, but uh, I'm going to be working hard, and I'm going to be real comfortable doing what I'll be doing. So if it happens, it happens, Jody. All
0: right. Well, thanks a bunch, and safe travels, and good luck.
2: Okay. Thanks, man. Take care.
0: Well, Kyle, I am uh, basically going to hand it off to you here. Uh, we're uh, We're back, and... You just came back from the Thousand Islands where there are bajillions of smallmouth and uh, lots of big waves and also some largemouth. So uh, give me the rundown. Yeah, that's a
1: that's a good synopsis.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I got it. I'm, <clears throat> I, I'm just a Thousand Islands expert.
1: Yeah, so uh, Thousand Islands, first of all, first time I've ever actually been there, and it is fantastic. Like, cool enough to the point where I'm potentially thinking about Going up there for like a mini vacation with the wife, like early early October.
0: Oh, dude, I would and, cause recommend. It's just
1: cool. I would, yeah, like the are, scenery, the town, like everything's sweet. Clayton is a beautiful town, and yeah. then the fact that you know there's giant smallmouth swimming around is like even cooler.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, and I I think honestly to me the Thousand Islands and Lake Champlain and Sturgeon Bay. Fall into that group of places that are just ridiculous to go visit as well as go fish
1: yeah yeah uh, but definitely
0: anyhow continue sorry
1: yeah so we had the second stop of the northern division up there on the thousand islands uh i guess for those of you that do not know uh you know it's like northern new york border of canada st lawrence river uh east side of lake ontario and um We had us, we actually got a fish all three days, which was good. Or I say we, the tournament got a fish all three days. And uh, Scott Dobson from Michigan, which many of you might be like, why does that name sound familiar? Well, it's because the guy wins like every BFL Michigan division event um, that's ever happened, or at least in the last two years. I think he's won like five in the last two years or something crazy like that. I don't know. The guy knows how to catch smallmouth, but he won it. Wire to wire. Um, his bags got a little smaller as each day went on, but it was pretty much like almost 24 pounds, then 22-something, and then 21-12 on the final day. And he won by 7 pounds, 4 ounces. He had 68 8 overall. And a crazy side note for you, if you follow along the tournament, uh, I mentioned it a few times in the article on, like, the number of fish he lost each day, but also more importantly is the size of fish he lost each day. I mean, like, the guy was dumping five pounders, especially on the final day. He lost, like, a 25 pound limit, which I then asked him. I'm like, I think you're the first guy that's ever won a tournament and lost, like, as much weight as some of the guys could have weighed in. Like, Neil Farlow, 10th place, weighed 40 pounds over three days. Like, I think Dobson lost more weight than that, if that makes sense.
0: I will say. Which is pretty crazy to think about. It is. uh, I'm going to say that I would bet that, uh, and this is kind of obvious because it's the conditions and whatnot, but I would bet that at the beginning of the year, Bradley Hallman lost as much weight as some of those guys did because oh, he sure. had some big ones get off in the reeds. But sure. That's
1: anyway, a, a very valid point. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the cool thing about Scott Dobson is uh, he won it mostly fishing Wolf Island, which is a super giant island right at the mouth of the St. Lawrence River and Lake Ontario. Um, he kind of he kind of fished all around there. There's some ferry docks on the U.S. side um, that I think was kind of the main player for him. But uh, yeah, it's a, a lot of guys,
0: island.
1: yeah, it's huge. Um, but a lot of guys were saying, you know, like, this can't be one shallow, this can't be one shallot. Well, Dobson says he caught at least 80% of the fish he weighed, like, staring at him first. Not, not like on a bed, but just, um, they were cruising. Use, targeting little, yeah, they were cruising around, but they were cruising around these little, um, they're kind of clean spots. It, it, a lot of it I think was rock with zebra mussels on it that didn't have that green slimy moss that sticks to, you know, rocks, um, around the area or it gets on weeds, especially there with the current and stuff. It, it's a little more prevalent in certain areas, like in the slack current areas. Uh, But it was just clean spots. Some of them were, like, the size of the deck of his boat. Some of them were, you know, 50 yards long. But he'd get up there and just move around real slow, see one, throw a drop shot at it, or a tube. Um, He caught some on a spy bait on the
0: final day. He also lost a bunch on a spy bait. Um, Dude, spy bait smallmouth can be really tricky to keep pegged, in my experience.
1: Yeah, I haven't played around with it much, but I'm totally going to look into it now.
0: Yeah, you should. I think... I, I guess I think two things. I think you should experiment with putting bigger hooks on them than they come with. Oh, um, okay. Upsides. And also, you want to use a swivel on your line. Ah, that I is. Could, I could definitely see that. <laughs> it is not pretty if you don't use a swivel. Uh, I haven't really. I haven't tried them with bigger hooks yet. But that's my one takeaway: is that I I want to try them with bigger hooks. Uh, okay. Anyhow, that's a good. I'm not a spy bait expert by any means, though.
1: And, uh, he also caught some good fish, uh, on a Ned rig, which he nicknamed Mr. Flanders, which I got like after I got back to, uh, the hotel that night, I think he told me on day three, he's, he's like, I don't really want to talk about baits, but Mr. Flanders is playing for me. And so I'm sitting in my hotel room. I'm like, Oh, that's a Simpsons joke. I get it. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Um, but, yeah, that, that was pretty much it. That was It was a pretty straightforward approach. So the I guess the biggest thing for him is on day two, uh, there was a whole bunch of wind, and you did not want to go out on Lake Ontario. So the decision was made that Lake Ontario was off limits on day two, which threw a lot of guys off their game plan. Um, but Dobson not so much because he was fishing around Wolf. Um, a lot of his water was still in play, so it didn't really hurt him, which is why he pretty much – you know, started pulling away on day two um, with that 22-pound bag he had. And, uh, yeah, he won it. Also, a lot of Canadians in the top ten, which not real surprising.
0: Hashtag Team Canada.
1: Yep. We had a uh, pair Johnston, second and fourth. So, Chris, again, the better Johnston, uh, got second place.
0: Why'd you let me pick him? Because <laughs> you knew it wouldn't matter. <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> uh we had one of my new buddies, Cal Clemson. Big fan of Cal. He had a 522D, which those things are one bad boat. Um,
0: now, they but are, he's super cool. to, be, to be clear, Third. they are the big ranger with, like, a bass boat deck and a walleye boat yeah. body.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. It's like a deep V hole with a flat deck on top. But, man, them things can, They don't. they're not the fastest thing in the world, but they can move through some waves, and they're super sweet. I think the Johnsons are actually debating on if they're going to get one or not just for fishing tournaments out there, which, Those boys have had a good enough
0: year. They ought to just get two, one for each of them for next year, Mm -hmm. and then also just get two, you know, regular, regular Zs and uh, roll with them.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I
0: mean, they're not going to want the 522D at any of the lakes we're fishing on tour this year, next year, rather. No. Uh, It's like the opposite of what you want for that schedule. Um, (laughs) But I I would think that, yeah, if they're going to fish some Northerns, you know, get after it, right? Oh, yeah. Anyhow, Um, continue.
1: Oh, well, I guess the only other really note I had is fourth place was Corey Johnson. Fifth was Bob Izumi, which uh, I was giving Bob some crap because I'm like, man, you just keep getting worse. You won it in 2011. You got second in 2012. Now you finish fifth.
0: Like, ugh. Dude's going downhill. Yeah. (laughs) Big time. He lost Um, his his touch. And then uh, from there, we
1: kind of roll down into – we get some Americans. We get uh, Dennis Carnahan, Andrew Slagona, uh, John Venor, Joel Richardson, and then Neil Farlow rounds out the top ten who is from Canada. So I think we were – Five and five, and even split on U.S. versus Canada.
0: All right. Well, in the top
1: ten, which is pretty good. Now, the other note I want to make, which I was kind of laughing about, is when I was talking to Chris and Corey. Um, obviously, we, I interviewed them before the tournament, and they were talking about how it's tough, and I just kind of assumed, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not that good because yeah. they're not catching 23 pounds a day. Well, the thing is, it actually well,
0: was tough, though.
1: It It, it was. And Corey was legit. Well, Chris and Corey were legitimately upset that they didn't. Uh, well, Chris never broke 20 pounds um, in the event. No way. Really? And, yeah. He had like 19 something, 18 something, something, something.
0: All right. Something, something.
1: It, yeah. He was, he was really not pleased, which was kind of funny. Oh no, Sorry. Chris did. Corey didn't. I'm, yeah, I was getting mix up. Yeah, Corey anyhow. was really upset that he didn't break twenty pounds, which um, I was kind of like, "Oh, you poor thing." But then uh, I started thinking he about he had twenty on day three.
0: Be... Oh yeah. Hey, well, yeah. well, go on. I'm that was little... that was
1: his words, not yeah. Yeah, he he <laughs> wasn't Facts he was he was bummed. But it was fishing a little tough. They were like, the fish out deep weren't really set up how guys want to see them in that. Uh, there weren't a lot of fish on certain offshore structure and really like Lake Ontario, I guess, again, for the people that probably don't know what I'm talking about, but Lake Ontario is like the deal, right? You can catch big bags in the river, uh, certain situations, but Lake Ontario is like where your chance of catching a 24, five, six pound bag is like a very real thing because there's a lot more five and six pounders that swim around out there. But they were, like, so spread out, um, the fish just, they weren't going. Like, you'd pull up and you'd catch one here, and then guys would have to run, like, three more spots, which on day one there were still, like, five footers out there, which, like, you can't just up and, you know, go chugging around all you want. Um, So that made it a little interesting. But uh, still a super cool event to cover. On the final day, uh, we had one of our boat drivers Had some mechanical issues, like his trolling motor fell off his boat, and his engine stopped working. So on the final day, I actually got to drive my own boat around, and it was sweet.
0: (laughs) There you go. I was loving
1: every minute of it, yeah. I got to rip all the way out, like an hour and 20 minutes, out into Lake Ontario from takeoff, and go find Cal Clemson and follow him around. And it was super cool to kind of get to see all the stuff I've written about and talked to guys about, finally come into existence and it was just a cool event to cover
0: awesome well i am uh, super jealous but the more i've been thinking about it so i found out this week i get to go up and cover the thousand or not the thousand islands event the oneida event to finish off it's that so season. good we're
1: covering it again yeah we're
0: doing it again we're just round two <laughs> <laughs> boys we canceled the last one we're going back <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh no so i get to cover the oneida event and i'm you brought it you kind of, you know, maybe start thinking about it. I think I'm probably going to drive on up from Syracuse oh, to the yeah. Thousand Islands and uh, go wet a line for a day or two. <laughs> because mm-hmm. how can you pass yeah, that yeah. up, right?
1: Yeah, man, you'll catch hogs.
0: To. Dude, that is the... Oh, man. <laughs> also, <laughs> I love small uh, mouth.
1: I don't know, like, how often that poker run deal is that happens on the river is, but that's some crazy stuff.
0: Okay, what's that? Like, those big boat deals?
1: Yeah, them, like, super big boats that go really frickin' fast, and they, like, rip up and down the river. That's like, like, YouTube it. You should YouTube do, like, Thousand Islands Poker Run, because there were helicopters flying around, like, chasing these big boats. Dang. On the final day, I came around Wolf Island on the U.S. side of the river, like, back in, and it was starting to get a little bumpy, and there was some huge uh ships going by so they were throwing off big waves and i'm kind of riding through them and i get around the corner and it slicks off so i kind of open it up and i'm running back to go upload photos and stuff and like i could hear the like rumbling of their engines coming around the next corner like i couldn't see them yet but i could hear it like with that and i had an optimax on the boat i was in you know so like it's got that opti wine as it's running but over that, I could hear these things coming down the river, and they come around the corner, and there's like eight of them, and they're ripping. Like, I don't know how fast they go. Like, do they go 150? They got. I to. They're, I mean, they're hauling. But they're coming, like, right at me, and I'm like, oh, boy. So, <laughs> so I, I duck out of the way. They go ripping past. I get up around the corner, and, like, the entire river channel is just lined with people watching these things. <laughs> like, you couldn't, you couldn't navigate out of the main channel, like, on pad if you wanted to. I had to sit down at one point and, like, weasel through people just to get into the creek where I launched the boat at. Jeez. Like, yeah. Like, I'm darting in and out of people like, oh, hey. And then the whole time I'm thinking, like, well, it's only noon. Like, what about these guys coming back in from the lake? Yeah. I mean, they obviously made it all right, but that was some crazy stuff. I'd never seen anything like I've heard about it before, but that was was nuts. So I hope there's something like that going on when you make it up that way because
0: that was a sight to see. I'm gonna be honest. I hate noise. I hope there isn't. Well, I just want I mean, smallmouth. <laughs> you can get smallmouth, but
1: it's just yeah. That was that was mind blowing. That was that was some crazy stuff.
0: Cool. Well, I will uh, I will be uh, doing a little googling after uh, after we get off the line here for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Give you something to do this afternoon.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, on the uh, standing side of things. Uh, Corey Johnston is in first place with uh, 486 points. Uh, Bob Azumi has a real close pine, then Chris Johnston, uh, then Ron Nelson, then Casey Smith in 68th. Got some
1: hammers up there.
0: Honestly, it's kind of a pretty good race this year, and Corey Johnston will probably get, I believe, his third Northern Division AOI title uh, (laughs) at Oneida It's my guess, but... There's no guarantee, I would say. Uh, but it's a, it's going to be a good one, that's for sure. Oh, no, yeah, no, it would be his third. I was going to say it would be his fourth, but actually it's just because he's leading this year, but only two to go. Right. right. Uh, yeah, so uh, breaking news, the Johnson brothers, good at catching fish.
1: <laughs> say what?
0: Yeah, I bet you're shocked. Um, anyhow, next, I guess next up here, let's talk a little, let's, Dig into the Forestwood Cup a little bit. Um, All right. And mainly what I want to know is you are working on a sort of a local article, a locals article of the cup. You know, picking some guys who are from around there and have fished it but aren't fishing it. So what? Right. what is your takeaway here? And this is the question I keep asking everyone. Is it going to be one deep or is it going to be one shallow? Do you have an answer for me? Or is the answer that well maybe it a little bit maybe a little of both?
1: The answer I think is unanimously junk fishing one one. So a little bit of both. Uh from from Blake Nick, Luke Duncan, Jason Lambert, they all say a guy the guy that win the guy that wins, first of all, like isn't gonna really after day one be like, Oh yeah, like I'm feeling good about my chance of winning. He's just gonna like Oh, yeah, you know, it was a pretty good day. Day two, like, oh, another good day. Like, they won't really know they won, was kind of what the three of them said. Um, because they'll, they'll run out, they'll catch one off a brush pile, uh, maybe go up, flip one off a dock, uh, then catch a couple schooling fish. And the next day, it could be like three off a brush pile, you know, two up flipping, no schooling fish. Finally, it could be all schooling fish. So, um, Yeah, it's going to be a kind of a random event, I think, from what I've heard from those three, um, the brain trust of those three.
0: Okay. Tell me about the schooling fish, because that's something that I've heard about. And when I think of schooling fish, I feel like on a clear water, non-Tennessee river type reservoir, I can easily imagine what that is. You know, it's fish out over some deep water, maybe over some timber, something like that. Uh. And I I get that, or maybe around a bridge or mm-hmm. something like that. What are we dealing with on these uh, on on Wheeler? Do you have an idea of that?
1: Yeah. So it um, the interesting thing about Wheeler is because it's so shallow. Um, a lot of flats. From yeah, a lot of flats. Uh, what I gathered from a lot of these guys is the normal like um, spook bite that happens on like Kentucky Lake and Pickwick. Um, and even like Gunnersville, to an extent, basically any other Tennessee river lake uh, yeah. that would happen, say in like start end September, of September October. and go. Yeah. Now happens because wheeler's so shallow. It happens a lot sooner. The shad pull up on those, on those um, some of them shell beds on the flats or there's a, uh, there's like springs and stuff up there too um, that the shadow kind of get up on, but there's a ton of fish that come up out of the river or congregate more on a flat and chase that bait around. Uh now the most surprising thing I found out is the amount of big smallmouths that get up on these flats in these schooling situations. Like three to five pounders are not uncommon if you hook a brown one. And I I never like I knew there were smallmouth in there, but I didn't know they were like as big a player as they could potentially be. Lambert told me, um that he thinks the winner's going to weigh at least two smallmouth every day. Like they're that big of a deal. Really? That yeah, is imp- I had
0: no idea. That is impressive to me. I, I would have not, I-, I wouldn't have figured on that. I would have figured on probably the winner is going to have it weigh in at least like one or two smallmouth. Probably like, let's say at least two, just by virtue of they're going to catch one. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Lambert really feels that Catching multiple smallmouth a day is gonna be a, a factor is kind of shocking to me. That's cool.
1: Yeah, and actually I mean all three of the guys kinda hinted at um the smallmouths kinda being a, a big deal. Like the the you see more of the population earlier in the year like this than like the pickwick smallmouth bite, you know, that everyone kinda in the tail race, uh, the below the Wilson Dam.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's kind of famous for, like, they finally kind of all show up. Well, it's the same thing kind of on Wheeler except just earlier in the year and they're schooling. They're not, like, set up on something specific that you can catch them on all day long. Um, though Lambert says there are some things that they could relate nearby that you could catch them off. But that was that was one thing that hit me, like, that was left field. Uh, I, I, I was kind of with you. I was thinking, like, yeah, okay, you know, we might see a smallmouth or two, um, you know, from a couple guys – each day, you know, for a total of, like, five a day. But it sounds like it could be more of a thing than I was led to believe.
0: Hmm. Well, you know what? If it turns out to be more of a thing than you were led to believe, well, I say let's get it on. Hey, I'm I'm always down for seeing smallmouth, so I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. I mean, we've all had some practice with taking smallmouth pictures from Champlain and you at the Thousand Islands <laughs> and stuff like that. So we're in the groove. If these things start right, jumping, right. we ought to be able to get them in the act. Oh, yeah. Or at yeah, least especially get it, have, like a, have a chance a, at it. Yeah. A schooling
1: smallmouth bite, and then they start jumping? Yeah. <laughs> Talking about some photos, man.
0: Ooh, maybe.
1: I might be able to retire too, right? after this. Yeah.
0: I don't I don't think it'll be that good. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I yeah, mean, no, I don't either. Or if you are going to retire... Gosh, I can't wait to see it because it'll be an epic tournament for you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I got the cover for the magazine next like ten years. Locked it down. Yeah, don't worry,
1: <laughs> I got it all figured out.
0: <laughs> all righty. Um, well, shall we move on from uh, from the cup next week? We'll have a uh, fantasy fishing preview episode. We'll talk about Kyle's picks. We'll uh, probably talk about Jimmy Reese's picks a little bit, and we'll have a few days on the water. And around the water, uh, from a you know from a preview standpoint to talk about, and then of course we'll have our regular episode uh, come Cup time. Uh, mm-hmm. But I-, I guess moving on from there, because man, it is happening and it is going to be soon. It's going to be awesome, and I'm stoked for next week. But it's uh we had a college fishing event up on uh, Lake Chautauqua, I think is how you pronounce it. Chautauqua. I I would guess that every time I said Lake Chautauqua or Chautauqua. I've also said, I think that's how you pronounce it after <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but anyhow, we had a college fishing event up there and, uh, the, uh, Penn state team of Derek Horner and, uh, Clayton Frey picked up the win. They had five for 13, three, which really is not very good for, uh, Chautauqua. I think the lake. I think it should have fished a little bit better from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they pick up the win, and they fished basically exclusively docks, uh, is what they said, with a senko and a uh, football jig. Um,
1: Interesting dock tactic.
0: Yeah, really out of out of the ordinary, a senko and a jig on docks. I would not have yeah not have guessed that. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, Chautauqua is. It is a good dock lake, from what I understand. It's got a lot of them in it, and it's a pretty yeah, standard yeah. northern kind of lake where you've got docks and milfoil, basically, and it's one or the other, uh, usually. And they obviously got it done. They, they caught plenty of fish throughout the day. It, I, I guess, for whatever reason, the, uh, the fishing just wasn't as good as it has been in the past there. But they actually tied for the win, by the way, although they got the win uh Schoolcraft Community College uh the team of Anthony Gilmore and Clayton Hatton uh also caught 13 3 but
1: interesting
0: they had entered the tournament um later than Penn State did so Penn State uh won by virtue of that it's ah. the tiebreaker the tiebreaker goes obviously weight then it goes by number of fish uh and then who entered first because they got to have some way to break the tie. And that's the way it is. So we had that. That's an interesting situation. I don't know how, uh, how the second place team caught their fish, but they had the same amount. So they did well. Yes. Um, I believe we also had a, uh, tie. Well, not a, we had it. We had a, also a tie situation in the BFL side of things. Correct
1: we absolutely did we had one bfl over the weekend and it was the uh great lakes division event on the mississippi river and which was presented by navionics by the way which is actually like a pretty good deal to have in that stretch of the river around lacrosse because there's a lot of backwaters you could get lost in real quick but you got mike mccartney and nick o'keefe tied um this is an interesting one because summertime Uh, Wisconsin rule, you can only have three fish Which
0: does make it a lot easier to tie.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. So it was a three fish limit for 11 pounds, even, um, is what Nick and Mark had. Uh, You had O'Keefe was fishing pool seven, um, catching them on a swim jig, which, uh, you know, pretty good way to catch a fish on the river. Uh For sure. Especially considering Tom on sewer. Uh, got ninth yep. in that event uh, and then on the other hand you had McCartney going down to Pool 8 or staying in Pool 8 I guess I should say in um, kind of mid-river area and he caught him on a Spro Poppin' Frog and a VNM and m Thundershad swimbait and yeah that was, that was about it it's pretty straightforward Mississippi River if you ask me
0: yeah I'd say so I don't think there's anything uh, really too there's nothing too unique about that not that that's a bad thing um, but it sometimes you know you get go into term and what you exactly what you expect to happen happens and that's exactly what you'd expect.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, it for this BFL.
0: For sure. Um, I guess uh, one last topic I want to hit before mm-hmm. we close this thing out. I mean, I just thought of this topic and we're going to be writing an article about this, but I figured we I figured we bring it up now. We'll give uh, people a uh, a sneak peek at this. We did a. Ooh. We're working on a best pros to never win the cup piece, and I believe Kurt's going to write it. And we've find we've sort of all collaborated on a list here, and we've got Andy Morgan, Brian Thrift, Larry Nixon, Clark Wenlet, Mark Rose, Scott Canterbury, Shin Fukai, Cody Meyer, Stetson Blaylock, Jay Ellis, Wesley Strader, Matt Airy as our top twelve, um, and we we all well. A group of us submitted lists that we ranked, and uh, of those, some and some other guys who got votes were John Cox, Dan Moorhead, J.T. Kenny, Mark Daniels Jr., and Tom Montsor. So I guess let's say you cut that top ten off at Jay Ellis. Kyle, is there a mm-hmm. is there anyone who you feel really strongly should be in that uh, top ten of best who haven't won it yet?
1: Um, no, if you cut it off at Yellis, I feel like everyone that's above him, it, hands down, should be in the top ten.
0: Okay, I agree with that. Uh, one question I've got for you, so I added Tom Monsoor, and I actually put him twelfth, I think. Uh. Mm-hmm. And I kind of I kind of leaned a little toward the legendary side of things with mine. Um Sure. You know, I was kinda, yeah. I think I
1: I'd say I kind of did too.
0: I, I don't think I, I don't think I ranked purely on who I would want if I had to pick a guy to win a tournament tomorrow. I definitely added in some, uh, some hi- historical perspective into my list. What do you think about? Like, do you think Tom Onsore is kind of in that ballpark, or do you feel like he just hadn't quite done enough in his career?
1: Um, no. I mean, I think the guy has like his resume is pretty solid. Um I guess I, I don't know. I I kind of get the the legendary side of things cuz he's been around forever, you know, a lot of top 10s, he's won a lot of money. Um
0: did basically the invent same, a technique.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I don't feel like he's been probably like as
0: consistent as some of the other guys. Yeah. Um, He's not one of the guys who makes the cup every year. That's the, that's the argument against it, I think.
1: Right. And I I feel like there's a lot of guys too, that when they do make the cup, they usually have a really strong showing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and by that, I guess, I mean like, let's say a top 20 or better. Yeah. Um, and and that's just, that's not really Monsieur's deal. Um, really good angler, but I wouldn't say that he's the guy that I'm like, man, I can't believe he hasn't won a cup yet. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. No, I guess I was like, I oh, can live go with on. that. I was gonna say I can I can live with that. And I think you're right about the saying, oh man, I can't believe he hasn't won a cup yet. That's definitely that's a good test, I would say. Yeah. when you think about it in that like in that frame of mind. Man, he really hasn't won a cup. And to me, everyone in that list uh everyone in that top ten except for to me, Cody Meyer uh, probably fits that description perfectly.
1: Oh, see, now I feel like Cody Meyer kind of does because he's made the cup every year he's fished as a pro, and um, he's also like done really well at the cup. So it's kind of like, geez, how's this guy like? How many top tens does a guy got to get at the cup before he wins one of these deals? And real he... consistent on tour. Now, his. He's not a winner, is, though. Is long
0: right he's right. i i i am well i'm not the world's biggest cody meyer fan because there are a lot of people who there are bigger cody meyer fans than i but i am a big cody meyer <laughs> fan i not and i don't think i'm anti cody meyer i think my opinion just ends up being anti cody meyer by virtue of other people being really pro cody meyer but like i love the guy to death at the same time i just if I'm looking at a guy who's like going to win a tournament, especially a Southeastern tournament, that even though they're in the summer, they're rarely sure. finesse tournaments. Uh, Lanier has been a finesse tournament, but that, I mean, Wheeler won that one up shallow, not finesse that one year. So I don't know. It's just, to me, it's I don't know, maybe like three or four years from now, I'll be 100%. Yeah, Cody Meyer, he should have won one by now. But I don't know. Right now, I don't, okay, I don't quite true. feel it. Fair point. Um, but yeah, anyhow, I just thought that was kind of interesting to sort of bring up and talk about. Because we, you know, you look at the guys who have won, and it's an impressive list. But it's almost as impressive the guys who are still trying to scratch out a win. Uh, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Anyhow, that's what I got. I think that's the show this week.
1: I like it. I think we've accomplished some stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, the uh, plan for the cup next week is I believe you and I will be on the water uh, creating some practice galleries uh, quite a few of the days of the tournament um, or of the quite a few of the days of practice. We'll have a lot of the uh, practice interviews, stuff like that on the website. Uh, We've got a whole bunch of other cup related content that we've been spilling out this week and we'll continue on through next week. Uh, competition starts uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's gonna be a barn burner. If you're if you're around Huntsville, come on out, uh, or go watch some dudes, or maybe just go to weigh in because it'll be inside and cool. And it's probably gonna be <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, not cool out on the lake is my guess. Although we can cross our fingers for a little cool front.
1: Oh please. <laughs>
0: um, I uh, have begun assembling my sunscreen. I have plenty of it, I think. I may even get some more. I have begun, oh, yeah, i got to restock. I, I've begun stockpiling my shorts and my uh, long-sleeve fishing shirts. And I might, uh, I, I brought like a, I got a big broad hat. I might bring that with me. I might uh, change some things up this, this derby. I've got to kind of do a little test whether it works well with a buff. But I'm pulling out all the stops for this one. That's for You're sure. I'm
1: thinking uh, Umbrella.
0: Oh, I was gonna get one. I was gonna get a golf umbrella and use it to like just even to put up while I'm uploading photos and stuff like that would help.
1: Definitely.
0: Um, I might do that because at Champlain, I was taking my rain suit, my raincoat, and I was throwing it over my head so I could look at them in like good light under the compute on the computer before I uploaded them. And oh yeah, you know rain suits they're great and all uh, when it's raining, but when you're just th- wear like putting them over your head when it's ninety degrees out. Still pretty hot <laughs> 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 uh, but anyhow we got it's going to be fun next week for sure uh, you'll want to tune in uh, you can follow uh, me at Jody Blanco on Twitter on Instagram Jody Blanco snaps on uh, snapchat Kyle uh, Kyle Lumber on uh, good old Instagram anywhere else you want people to track you down are you good with that?
1: No, nah, I mean, you can find me on Facebook, but yeah. Instagram's the place to be. That's,
0: a, that's the cool place. Um, you can find FLW, FLW Fishing on Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, FLWFishing.com. Uh, FLW Official for Snapchat. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Bergen will be uh, cranking that out next week. Um, let's see. What else we got? We got an email.
1: We do. So, questions, comments, concerns, or maybe you want to let us know a tour pro that you think is worthy of winning the cup that hasn't that we did not mention. Go on ahead and send it to us, podcast at flwfishing.com.
0: dot com. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think that uh, I think that about wraps it up, man. As, I think so. Uh, as always, it was a pleasure. Hey, thanks for letting me come back and uh, host after uh, after Luke. Well, look, if he'd been available today, I would have done it with him. <laughs> you know don't 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 get don't get too excited thanks for making me feel good (laughs) no uh, it's good to it's good to have you back but don't worry all right well we'll see you in a few days all righty all right see you